You are about to experience the Jerry Banfield Show. Thank you for being here with us today. The purpose of this show is to help you learn something new, leave you feeling better than before you got here, and to give you access to tools, for example, books, practices, and ideas that can make your life better. These episodes are recorded live on Facebook Gaming, and if they're not on Facebook Gaming, they'll be recorded live on Twitch. If you'd like to participate in the conversation, I go live most days at 11 a.m. Eastern. I also upload these recordings as videos on my YouTube channel. If you'd prefer to watch the videos, you can hop on over there. I'm extremely grateful for your support on this podcast. And if you listen to this every day, the intro is exactly 60 seconds long. So if you start a new episode, you can just hit click forward 30 seconds twice to get right to it. I was close to giving up a lot of times in my life in one way or another, and I often did give in to a lot of different temptations. I just saw in the comments that I've been close to giving up for weeks, but I'm still pushing through. Keep going, especially if it's something that's truly good for you. I remember my default thought was, if I lose this girl or if I lose this job, then that's just going to be it. And I don't know where I got that, if it was from my parents or what, but... That's not a helpful line of thinking <laughs> because I worked really hard to get, I work hard for this. I've worked really hard to get in the position I'm in today. I've been through a lot. I look at my son, like he's working on potty training right now, two and a half. My daughter's in kindergarten. Man, I've done all that. I've done potty training and I've crawled around as a baby. I remember I wanted to drive and have a wife and be able to do work and play video games and be good at stuff. and. It really helps to remember how far you've come to get to where you at because you just start to treasure your life from that standpoint. And the idea of giving up becomes repulsive because you you are immortal. You are God. You're going to get to live all the lives in the whole universe. And what makes this one special is all you've done to get to where it's at. And think about all you'd have to do just to get back to where you're at today. I was just thinking earlier, like, my God, I can drive. I remember thinking at one point, I really wish I could drive. Not only can I drive, I've been able to drive for almost 20 years. <laughs> and I love being able to drive. I could get in my car and go wherever I want within the USA right now. I mean, I could just drive all day and go somewhere. I could drive down the street. I have... That is an amazing freedom to have. And if you decide to give up on the life you're working on now, you might give this mind and this body up, but you continue as consciousness. And you will have an experience. And that's one thing in some of my darkest moments. I had this feeling that you can't just quit. That life consciousness goes on and I, the deepest part of the non-physical part of me, the God, the soul, goes on. And once you throw out the idea of there is no getting out of this, which you could feel trapped and stuff, but this is also you have eternal freedom. You are the God of your life. You are creating this reality and you are going to keep creating no matter what happens to this body and this mind. And from what I've seen from other people's past lives experiences, if you do give up in one way or another on this life, you're going to watch that experience from everybody else who's affected by its point of view afterward. 
and that then bring the the motivation a lot of us have that we want to give up is because we're in pain and we want the pain to stop that's what we really want and there's a very simple solution to stopping at least mental pain and physical pain often follows mental pain so if you've been in a lot of mental pain often that will manifest physically and if you're in a very good place mentally often physical pain if it's there will be pretty tolerable and not a big deal in my experience at least once you get the idea that what you really want is to feel better that's what you really want you want to feel better and the way to feel better is to start asking and setting your own intentions to feel better say god please help me feel better and just set the intention what and start asking questions what's the best thing i can do right now to help myself truly feel better indefinitely you don't want any short-term bargains like drinking and getting drunk those are short-term bargains in terms of if you were broke and you wanted some money, it's the equivalent of taking a payday loan. Overall, you've got less money because of that payday loan you just took. Even though you might have a little bit of money now, by the time you pay the interest rate on it, you're actually going to have less money than if you hadn't taken the loan at all. What I'm asking myself today, my meditation for today is, what's the best thought, the best feeling thought I can think right now? Because while I might not know it when I ask the question, when I ask the question, my mind will get to work producing all the thoughts behind that. And my mind is then filled with good thoughts. I've had a streak of about six days where I've felt fantastic almost every moment, almost every day, almost all day. And in the where my mind briefly has seen something it hasn't liked and started to make a negative trajectory, I've immediately switched it over like, What's the best thinking? What's the best thought I could think right now? What's the best thing I can do to feel good and help somebody else right now? And to truly feel good because if you're taking something like alcohol to try and feel good, that's poisoning your body. That's numbing pain. That's not truly feeling good. That is trying to numb the pain, which yes, if you're in misery, looking at something to numb the pain may look like that's an improvement. But overall, that's not an improvement because as soon as that numbing wears off, you're going to crash right back down into that same pain and even worse. What you truly want, if you're in the, a hole of essentially pain or a negative place, is to dig and get out of that hole. You don't want to forget that you're in the hole a little while and then come to and realize, damn, I'm still in this hole. You want to feel better. And once you realize what your deepest desire is to feel better, then ask God, please help. How do I feel better? I'll do anything to feel better. The reason that we have pain is to, that is guidance from our highest selves or our highest power. When I'm thinking thoughts of love and joy and happiness, I don't feel any pain. When I'm thinking thoughts of how wrong the world is, how stupid people are, why are people into such drama, when I'm think even just saying those things, my I can feel my energy drop slightly. And what a lot of us have been conditioned and accepted the conditioning is that, well, you have to look at all these things all day that you don't want. And that's what leads to feeling bad. You can literally think yourself to feeling bad in just a couple of minutes. For example, if I close the Magic the Gathering I've got in the background here, 
And I went and looked on some websites and looked at who's been murdered today and who's what politicians being a jerk today and what countries are letting their citizens starve to death and who else is taking all stealing money. If I could literally, and if I then went and started watching videos where people are getting hurt and awful things are happening, I could literally take myself into a place where I probably would want to give up too. And... Uh, Today I realize the power I have to guide my thoughts into where I want them to go. And there is a great thing about being in when you are absolutely miserable and frustrated and I hate my life and I can't stand it anymore and I hurt. There's one really good thing about that. You can launch a rocket of very strong burning desire towards what you do want. And that's what happened seven years ago. I was laying in bed. I'd thrown up blood. My wife said she was getting ready to leave. I'd gambled $500 online the night before. I drank a half handle of vodka. I was feel headache, nausea, dehydration, just miserable. And I said, God, please, I'll do anything to stay sober. And the the deep, I was in such deep pain and misery that it launched a very strong rocket of desire out to God, to my highest self, to source the universe, whatever you want to use for that word. The basic idea of the to the spirit of the universe that underlies the totality of all things. <laughs> I launched a very strong rocket of desire that I really, really want to be sober and never go through this miserable pain again. And that rocket of desire got me into Alcoholics Anonymous. The thought came afterwards. Well, if you'd like to do anything to get sober, why don't you go to a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous? So I looked up, found a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous, went to the meeting. And ironically, as I felt better, my old habits and routines started to... When I had that first burst of, God, this is miserable, please I'll do anything to feel better to be sober and I focused on being sober and feeling better. So that big negative pain got me in a place where I launched a really strong focus on what I want. I want to be sober. I want to feel good. Ironically, once I then was sober for a few weeks and starting to feel better, then my old habits and mental routines, looking at all these things I don't like, looking around in the world saying, this is wrong, they're wrong, I don't like this, I hate this, I don't like this in myself, I don't like this in you. I got myself back into the same place that I generally drank from. I drank alcohol to numb the pain of being my negative self on a daily basis. And once I could see that, like, wow, my sober life is a disaster. <laughs> No wonder I drink. Like mentally, I'm in a negative place way too often on way too many days. And that's when I started taking suggestions from other people. And that brought me to another desperation. Instead of having a hangover and feeling like I was almost at the end, this brought me to a desperation where sober, my body feels fine, but my mind is a disaster. God, please, I'll do anything to stay sober. And then that desperation got me to try new things. Getting a full body massage. That helps me feel really good. Going to more AA meetings, reading more inspirational books, trying meditation, more prayers, and maybe start being a nicer person to my wife. I realized if I say something nasty to my wife, I feel bad. It really doesn't matter what happens with her, like, cause I, in a sense, because I feel bad about it. Jeff, thanks for the 100, Jeff.
Jeff, thank you very much for the 100 stars, and the more you feel better, the easier it is to keep feeling better. It's a, If you want to feel good, it's a constant discipline of focusing thoughts on what feels good. Now, a lot of us have been trained, don't be selfish, you know, go around, do what you're told to do, think about, just do what people expect of you. And what I see is if I am focused on love and joy and happiness, I will naturally feel an exploding passion to do whatever is actually truly the most helpful for someone else. And if I feel like I'm not good enough and I don't like myself and I don't like other people, then anything I do or create is going to be created from that perspective of never good enough. And what I find the single most helpful thing I can do is ask questions because our here's how our kind of whole consciousness and our bodies and minds work. Our body, our we our consciousness, like who you really are is non-physical. God, soul, energy. You existed and I remember existing before I came into this body. I remember choosing this body with my two parents and saying, this is going to be a great time. Let's do this. I'm going to incarnate with these two parents. And this is how I'm going to make my way. This is how I'm going to get a body. I, this is a body I w will accept. And if I remember that because I set an intention, I'd like to remember that if it's there to remember. And the memories have came back. I even remember some really cool things now, like creating stars. My gosh, if you want a beautiful scene watching trillions of souls or energy forms, God particles, all bring everything together to launch a star. Oh my God, that is like... And I've had these experiences totally sober. No psychedelics or anything like that. I've had these experiences just walking my dog, listening to some dead mouse and doing a lot of work to open my heart and my mind up. But here's how this whole system of life works. Your non-physical God consciousness is who you really are, so to speak, before you're born, after you die, and in this body. You chose to incarnate into this particular body in this particular life situation because you thought it would be the best opportunity for you to grow, experience life, feel joy, have fun, learn, and that's what Source, God, our highest selves wants to do is to continue to expand infinitely, try new things, grow, have fun, play, like it's something we're doing forever. We incarnated into these bodies and our consciousness drives the creation of our mind and our body. And we chose the environments we are coming into, which means we realized we would be influenced by those around us. Our mind and the influences we've had have driven our bodies and our bodies have had a relationship with our minds. And who we really are is this point of consciousness in now. Now, why it's difficult to change sometimes is because at each point in consciousness, every now moment, you are setting in, you are making little decisions about what to pay attention to. You're making little habits like how you pick things up or go to the bathroom when you're a baby, how you drive a car. Like at one point, whatever you're consciously paying attention to is what you're learning and how you're programming your mind and your body. However, once things are programmed, they tend to operate on autopilot. 
Have you noticed when you drive a car, you can pretty much drive without thinking or paying attention if you've been driving for a few years? Like, I can just decide I'm going to go someplace and it's like I've teleported there. Like, my body and mind automatically drive now. I don't have to think about it consciously. I can focus my mind totally on other things and arrive safely. I choose to focus on driving consciously still to make sure I'm safe. However, I've noticed I used to especially just kind of unconsciously drive. It can be difficult to change sometimes because when you've got this point of consciousness at now and you decide, for example, I want to get sober. I'm tired of drinking myself into oblivion and hating my life. I want to think positive like Jerry does. You set these intentions and you say, I'm going to think positive. I'm going to stay sober. I'm going to say nice things to my wife or my partner or whatever. I'm going to be nice to my kids. You set these intentions. And then what you're up against is the momentum before this moment you've created. So if you've been in the habit of getting drunk every night, if you've been in the habit of going to the liquor store after you get out of work, if you've been in the habit of when your wife says this, you say that, if you've been in the habit of when your kids do this, you do that, when you set an intention that's different from how you've programmed yourself, you are, your consciousness, your intentions run into the habits and that's why if you want to change a habit you really need your conscious attention almost constantly on that to reprogram it and change it which is why it's important to focus on reprogramming one thing at a time completely until it's fully reprogrammed then move on for example when i got sober i locked down and focused totally on staying sober i'm gonna stay sober under all circumstances, I'm gonna reprogram all of these drinking routines. I'm gonna reprogram all of these. When I get off work, delete the programming that it's time to drink, set up new programming that I'm gonna play video games or call my mom or whatever I wanna do. When it's a weekend and my wife's away, delete the programming that I'm gonna get drunk and really go crazy. Insert programming, I'm going to go to two AA meetings instead of one and do extra workouts and enjoy some sober video games with my friends. When my friends are having a wedding, delete the programming that I get drunk and act like an idiot. Insert programming that I enjoy eating a whole bunch of food sober and uh, being able to drive home. And I went through for about six months and focused my consciousness on deleting all of the old drinking programming. And yes, it was uncomfortable at first, especially because my my programming from what I'd all my programming from before had this hellacious momentum where my conscious mind saying I'm going to stay sober and all my habits are saying, hey, it's time to drink. Look, it's two in the afternoon. Your wife's at work. It's time to drink. Now I'm staying sober. All right, time to go to the liquor store. This is what you do right now. And that created a powerful desire. No, that's not what we do right now. What we do right now is get ready to go to an AA meeting. Delete that old programming. And once I cleared out the programming on sobriety, it's been very, on how to get drunk and set it to sobriety, it's been very easy to stay sober. And from there, I, I looked around and I said, okay, what's the next most destructive habit we need to clear out and reprogram? Okay, next most destructive habit. Let's clear out this little porn watching habit. Reprogram that scenario. And the way you can reprogram is by reach out and talk with others. I went to my AA meeting and said, hey, why do I want to drink Whenever this happens, they and they help me understand. Well, that's because that's what you've done before. You need to decide what you want to do instead and make that your new program. 
oh, when I'm really stressed out, delete the programming to drink, insert programming to go get a massage or go to yoga or call my sponsor or go to an AA meeting. You literally have the power to reprogram yourself however you want to. The secret is you can only focus really well on one thing at a time. So whatever's the worst thing that absolutely needs to go in your life, if you focus on that and reprogram that, then you can take on the next worst thing in your life. Okay, well, alcohol, I took on alcohol, then I took on my porn watching, then, and the, some of these were very easy. Like the porn watching compared to reprogramming the drinking was very easy. Like just, you know, there weren't all these habits and mental things associated with that. That was an easy one, just took a little bit of focus to reprogram. Some things that are really deeply encoded, like not feeling good enough, like always hustling, some of these have taken a hell of a long time to even realize they need to be reprogrammed, then go in and reprogram them. I've reprogrammed how I interact and communicate with my wife. I'm constantly evaluating, do I need to reprogram things with my children? I've reprogrammed how I do my live stream. Recently, how I show up to my live stream has been one of the main things I've focused on. And I've reprogrammed my my own set of criteria for judging my own success on my live stream. I've cut out, okay, we're gonna judge success by views, by money, by all the, how many comments we're getting. Delete that programming. We're gonna judge the live stream by how excited I am to do it, by how I feel after I'm done doing it, by the comments I see people making. We're gonna reprogram all that. Then the purpose for having this monologue is to let you know you have all the powers I have because you are God as I am God and you've decided to come into this life. You can reprogram anything you want to in your life. The thing is you can only reprogram really well one thing at a time. You remember how, like for me, when I was learning how to drive, I was obsessed with learning how to drive. Wanted my parents to constantly take me out to drive, out to drive and to learn that. And then once I learned that, then I didn't have to consciously think about it. And I moved on to, all right, let's consciously program somewhere else. So what I do is I start, I focus on whatever the worst thing is, the number, whatever needs to be reprogrammed the most, fix that. And then now it's actually, my life is so good, even the smallest amount of pain or discomfort leads me to, okay, I need to reprogram something here, don't I? All right, let me read some of the comments and see if we can elaborate on this. Lisa says, you can make it happen if you want. That's exactly, that's exactly. Look how far out you were from the day you quit. You were positive you wanted it and you did it. Yes, yes. And no one, you are never totally screwed because you are immortal. And even if this body and this life is beyond repair, which I personally, I've seen so many miracles in my life. I realized I was on the way out and that's what brought up my will to live and to this body's will to live and my own soul's will to not start over as a baby again. Really got, just this moment, really got me motivated and keeps me motivated. I don't think you're ever totally screwed. In turn, if you're willing to pray and ask for help, I've seen so many miraculous stories and I've experienced them myself. I remember seven years ago thinking I just can never get sober. It doesn't matter if I try. I'm, I'm hopeless. That's why I prayed to God. Like, please help. I'm out of ideas. Clearly, I like drinking so much that no matter what the consequences, I'm going to do it anyway. You're never hopeless. And even 
Let's say the worst happens. You're like, Jerry, I have a fatal disease and this is the last day and I'm dying today. That's great. That's great because you're going to be, you're going to be cleared of all illusions. All of the things that are, all the things that are illusions or incorrect programming, all that's going to be stripped away and you get to kind of start from scratch again. You get to be disincarnated Go do whatever you want, be wherever you want, and then if you want to incarnate here again, you get a fresh start. If you didn't like your parents' this life growing up, great. You can pick, if you pass on, you can pick a whole new set of parents. If you've been really wanting to go explore and see the universe, you can go do that. Like, there, you are never hopeless. Because even if you're on the edge of dying and there's nothing you can do about it, you... Let me put an analogy from one near-death experience. Anita Morjani... She wrote a book called Dying to Be Me. She was on the absolute end stages of cancer. Doctors had never seen anybody with a condition as bad as hers recover. She had a near-death experience, and her analogy of life was like this. She said, in life, it's like you're in a big, huge, dark factory, and all you've got, your consciousness, is a flashlight. And you can shine your flashlight on one little thing and there's shelves and shelves and shelves of things in the factory. And some things in the factory are just horrible and ugly and disgusting. And then other things are kind of boring or eh, don't, they don't really arouse anything. And then you look around and other things in the factory are just beautiful and you're like, my God, I love that. And you in this life are kind of like in a dark factory walking around with a flashlight. You can only see the tiniest little fraction of the factory and your power is where you choose to put your flashlight. A lot of us, we stick our flashlight on something ugly and complain that the whole state of the world's that way when really all we need to do is shift our focus to something else and our flashlight will land on something beautiful and well, now that's our world. Anita said that when she died, it was like, or when she went into her near-death experience, it was like the lights had been turned on in the factory. And suddenly this very narrow vision we have in these bodies with these eyes and our idea of the world, suddenly it was like the whole lights were turned on and she could look around the whole factory. And that's the beauty. And I've heard, I've heard lots of near-death stories that are similar. I, I remember a guy saying that he was like hanging himself and over something and he was just about to die and it was like he started to see like he started to see that kind of thing that Anita was describing and his girlfriend cut him down which is how he was able to tell that story you don't have to die to see amazing things though because your body's going to pass away someday anyway that's what you've got coming you've got eternal life already now you've got heaven that is already there for you, which for me is like, I want to really experience and enjoy every moment in this life because it's so special. This life is so special and I've lived a whole lot of lives before and none of them were just like this one. I treasure every moment of this life because to me, this is heaven. I'm already in heaven. I have already died many times. I remember, I've remembered lots of different times I've died. And uh, here I am again, <laughs> and I love this life. And uh, I, I'm in no hurry to get to being in the disincarnated state again because I remember all that I've done 
from the disincarnated state to get where I'm at today. I'm in no hurry to disincarnate again. I've got that coming whenever I'm ready for it. And no matter how hopeless you think you are, there's somebody who's recovered into a life they love from a very similar situation to where you've been. And that's what Alcoholics Anonymous did for me. It showed me the people who were as hopeless as me who'd recovered. And it also showed me the people who were as hopeless as me who chose not to work the program and drank themselves or drug themselves to death. And seeing both of those perspectives was very powerful and still is. That's why I go every day. Quaku guy, yes, I'm done playing Warzone. Because I noticed when I was playing Warzone that I, I was consistently feeling my energy go down. And one thing I am getting more and more disciplined at is if something I do something and I don't feel better after doing it, that's not something I want to do at all. Now you might think, well, well, how about changing your son's poopy diapers or taking out your son's turds out of the toilet, you know, and dumping them in the big potty because he's potty training. Like, what do you feel better after that? Hell yes, I do. Because if I didn't change that diaper, my wife would need to change it and I feel better. Like, I'm glad I was able to do that. And I enjoy having that to be able to do today because that's something my son needs help with. And it's either me or my wife that's going to do it and I like to do my part. I feel good changing my son's dirty diapers. I feel good with all the things I do in my life. And what I keep doing is I identify, hey, if like watching a movie, if this movie, if I'm not, if I'm starting to feel bad watching this movie, I'm going to turn that off and go do something else. And that's why I'm playing magic because I'm finding a lot of great feelings coming up playing magic. And what I noticed playing Warzone was a lot of negative feelings come up. And once you realize that your feelings are a guide from God or your higher power as to how, how what you're doing and thinking in the moment is in harmony or out of harmony with how source, your highest self, God thinks. So if I'm hating on someone, yeah, look at that idiot. They don't know. They're just... If I start even just having some of those thoughts, now it's not like having one of those thoughts instantly takes me down in the gutter, but it's where I kind of accept those thoughts. Like, yeah, they are really stupid. I can't believe that. And then I start telling somebody else, can you believe what this idiot did? It's like, then I get more and more out of harmony with how my higher power thinks. My higher power offer my God which is who I am, which is all who all of us are. The love is truly unconditional. I could go do the most horrible things today in terms of what other humans would think. And my higher power's love for me would not be disturbed at all. However, I would feel out of harmony. I would feel bad going to do anything like that because... I would be feeling and thinking something that is out of sync with how God thinks. So what my intention is, I want to think how God thinks. And that's what Albert Einstein said. I want to think how God thinks. That's what I want to do is I want to think how God thinks. And when I feel good, I'm feeling God and I'm thinking like God. And when I'm feeling bad, I'm not. When I'm and my individual thoughts and actions give me immediate guidance in terms of how I feel. 
And that's probably why for the last six days, almost all day, almost every day, I felt great. And if you want to get out of a negative spot, what works for me is to say, what do I learn here? Because when I say, what do I learn here? I see the adjustments I need to make. And often just reading one news story, just one news story about how people have murdered each other, just reading one of those will leave me feeling a little down. And because the law of attraction gives me, I'm essentially praying constantly to God and getting everything I ask for in real time. So if I'm reading some story about some horrible thing that happened and I'm starting to think, wow, people are really horrible. This is a messed up world. I'm almost immediately going to get another experience that will validate that. I'll get a message from somebody saying, why are you such a like this? And then that message will further validate the last thought I had. And then I'm saying, God, see, look, people are killing each other and I'm getting messages like this from my friends. Clearly, this is a disgusting place. And the universe will then whip up something else for me right after that that will validate the same viewpoint. Oh, yeah, you think this place is bad? Here you go. Here's another reason to think it's bad. And when you turn it around and say, no, 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 this is a great world. I chose to incarnate here. I love this. The universe will immediately start throwing more things that support that. Oh, you love this world? That's great. Here's another reason to love this world. Oh, you think that's a lot of love? Try this amount of love. Eduardo says, thanks for the message. My pleasure. What's up, Jamie Hines, Jax, Cole, Charles, Rose? I, uh, I'm not playing anything anymore that I'm not excited about and I wouldn't play with nobody watching. If all of what I've said is making some sense, then the following will make a lot of sense as well. What happens to us? We set up patterns in our lives where we... Our feeling inside is that we're not good enough, that we don't deserve love, that for some reason, whatever it is, that's the feeling of the moment. Then what we do, the universe offers us more experiences like that. Then the basic idea is I need love from outside of me to help me feel better. So we go around feeling unloved, feeling like a victim, feeling like the world's not good enough. We go around with all our bad feelings looking for love, Meanwhile, the universe just keeps seeming to give us the opposite. And then we feel sorry for ourselves, get depressed, get addictions, sit at home and, you know, contemplate the end. When really, we did all of that. What really helps is a complete and total responsibility that I have for my own feelings today. My feelings in each moment are not, have nothing to do with anybody else. My wife can say whatever she wants to. It's only my reaction or my own thoughts about what she said that can make me feel bad. My children can behave however they want to. It's only my own thoughts, feelings, and reactions that can leave me feeling bad. A lot of us have this idea that if other people would just do what they're told, do what we think they should do, that we'd feel better. And then we go around controlling others and get frustrated because nobody seems to do what we think they ought to do. But really... It's the other way around. If I focus on mastering my own feelings and I ha I'm not immune to doing the work and I don't have, I'm not, I'm doing this with you. Like yesterday, there were probably 20 individual triggers or various things that came into my awareness where I started to experience some kind of negative reaction or thought pattern. And every single time 
I switched it over. I said, we're not going to think like that. Here's how we are going to think. I love this person and I'm very grateful for them. And all I'm going to see in this person in this situation is love. I refuse to participate in any negative. I refuse to accept any negative, any invitations for drama or conflict. I set my intention that I'm going to enjoy the, my experience today where I'm at, regardless of what anybody else thinks or how anybody else feels. And there were probably 100 to 200 individual thoughts yesterday that came through, like negative thoughts, like this person's such a jerk or they're so selfish. And I switched those and I consciously put out a counter thought and like five or 10 counter thoughts on top of it. Not to fight it, to reset my reset my point I'm aiming at. So I, I have a thought like that come through and then I say, God, help me. Thank you for this human experience. What's the best thought I can think to feel good today? How good can I really feel today? What do I have to be grateful for? Who is right in my life? How much has this person done that's nice and kind and good for me? At least 200 times yesterday, my mind attempted to go in that negative direction. I caught it and consciously focused it in a different direction. And to me, that's discipline. It's to, you know, imagine as if 200 times a day, somebody's going to throw a ball at you, be ready to catch it and throw it back to them. <laughs> That's kind of how this works. Jeff says, every time I feel like my life's good, it hits me with some BS. Jeff, I can relate to that a lot, and that's why it helps so much to stay vigilant and to proactively set those intentions. And what I've been doing lately, because my mind is very familiar with that pink thinking pattern that, you know, I can't just feel good indefinitely. Like, I've had six days in a row where I've barely felt a negative thing at all. And I felt a hell of a lot of joy and positivity and excitement. I felt a lot of good stuff and almost, like, nothing more than a moment or a few moments at a time of a little bit of down. And my mind has that idea, too, that says, this can't go on forever. You better get ready to feel bad. And that is it right there. That thought is the temptation to go down the path. Oh yeah, you're right. I better just enjoy this while it lasts. No, 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 no. You are the God creator of your universe. You can feel however you want to feel right this moment. And since all there is is now, you can feel great forever. It literally is up to you. And that's why I keep asking myself, how good can I feel? I want to reach the heights of what's possible feeling good. Because I feel I've reached some depths of what's possible feeling bad. Anybody who talks to me about depression, oh, yeah, have you laid in bed thoughting about how you could end it all day? Yeah, I know how that is. Have you thought about dreadful things in bed all day just to distract yourself from even more dreadful thoughts? Yeah, I can relate to that. Have you abused some kind of a substance or, or yourself in some kind of way like alcohol or drugs or any kind of behavior that done not in moderation or done to excess you know even things like overeating have you sat there and ate a whole pack of oreos because you felt so bad beforehand that you desperately tried to distract yourself with a pack of oreos only to feel even more disgusted with yourself and try and vomit afterwards yep i know what that's like have you called your parents up and told them you couldn't stand to live anymore and you'd be 
on your way out as soon as you can figure out how to do it? Yeah. I've been to all those places. And I can tell you from all those places that I was focused on how bad I can feel. And I kept focusing and choosing to focus on all these negative things all the time. And I did that. No one made me do that. I, I made each decision. I chose to think about uh, feeling bad. And there's no shame in it. This is your universe. You can think and feel however you want to feel. If you want to feel bad, feel free to feel bad. If you want to feel good, feel free to feel good. I choose, I want to feel good. And what's funny is I notice there's some part of me that craves feeling bad. And when it's active, it's both a little scary and humorous. It's humorous how any excuse to feel bad will suffice. Oh, oh, what about that message you got? Can you believe that? Yeah, I can believe that. What are you, what are you gonna say back to that? Eh, nothing, it'll be fine. Oh, really? Well, can you believe that they did that after all that? Like, what? How Hold up. How good can I feel today? How grateful am I today? How wonderful is my life? Well, clearly it could use some improvement. And I am excited to see how much better my life could get. It's the discipline of hundreds of times a day of redirecting those automatic negative thoughts into something positive and not be mean about it either. But like, you jerk, I can't believe you did this again. There you go, thinking those negative thoughts. You're clearly not thinking like Jerry. If you're thinking like these thoughts, what would people think? Not like that, just gentle redirection. Like, oh, all right. We're gonna move on to the next thought now. It's life school, it is. How you handle the test is the lesson, it is. It is. It's like life is a school and you're getting lessons every day. And I am so enthusiastic, just like when I was in school. Like, I want to get an A on this test. And not, not an A according to what somebody else thinks. I'm grading myself. I want to master each test that comes my way. And often they're just small little tests. Like somebody around me will get aggravated. Can I love them in their aggravation and feel safe knowing that my mood is not subject to being disturbed because of their mood. A lot of us, when we have a partner, especially or family members like parents or children, we see them get disturbed and we don't want them to be disturbed because we're afraid of catching their mood. We're afraid that if they, if you keep going on like this much longer, I'm gonna get like that. And today I see I have the freedom to choose how I feel regardless of how people around me feel. If my wife's having a bad day, it does not have to affect me at all. If I choose to let it affect me, it can. If my children are upset because they didn't like that I picked them up and put them in their car seat after I asked three times nicely and they said they wanted to go somewhere and their mother has said, we're ready to go, will you please get in your seats? And if they scream and cry about it, I don't have to feel like I did anything wrong, which I used to. I used to feel like if they screamed and cried, that meant I did something wrong. And now I see that's their reaction, that they could be happy. Oh, thanks, Dad. That was so easy. I just, just, you just picked me up and put in my seat. Thank you. That was less effort than walking and climbing up there myself. They could be like that. It's their their choice as to how they respond to each life situation. Just the same as it's my choice. And they do things, and sometimes I get triggered. My son spilled something 
Oh, he was going to the potty today, and most of the pee got in his pants and his underwear, and a little tiny bit got in the potty. And I see, you know, from my point of view, I'd like all of the piss to go in the potty. That's what I would like. And he didn't do what I wanted him to do or think he ought to be able to do. That's fine. I'm like, oh, son, good. I'm, and I, I choose, okay, son, here, sure, we got more underwear, not a problem. Let me put this... I wiped it all up. I said, great job. You got some of that in the potty and you keep practicing like this, you're going to get all of it in there. That's great. I was nice to him about it. Now, I could have, for the same behavior, I could have been like, I can't believe I could have done that. I'm glad I see that how I react to stuff is my choice. That's Now, I you can have programming. People can have... You can have accepted all this programming for how you react in each situation, but if you're conscious and paying attention to what's going on, you can question and delete any programming you don't like and insert new programming. Like, let's say a certain situation triggers you every time. It's your choice whether you want to be triggered by it next time. Like, if you're sober and people are drinking around you, you've got choices. Number one, I avoid going where people are drinking. If I have friends and they're going to a bar, no thanks. You want to hang out with me? Come play magic. We'll come sit and talk. We'll go out to lunch. I'm not interested in going to the bar. So if you want to hang out with me and you want to go to the bar, you don't get to do both of those. <laughs> you got to choose what's more important to you. And for that reason, my friends consistently that really want to hang out with me pretty much always do stuff that I'm happy doing. Because I'm just not going to... I am not interested in going to a bar. So if you want to hang out there... I don't care if you're visiting from out of town. It's the only place we can hang out to bar. I'm not going. And then I'm also able to honor when other people have their things. Like, well, Jerry, I don't want to, you know, whatever. Like, that's where you come together. Like, okay, I know I don't want to do that. I don't want to hang out. I want to be somewhere where I can be sober and the people around me are sober. Where can we go to do that? Oh, cool. Why don't we just go to this restaurant? All right. So it's real easy to have that those kind of situations. Sergio, what's up? Sergio, gotcha, Steve. Nice to see you. Free therapy session greater than video game stream. I love to work the therapy and the video game streams together, too. So we've done, I think we've done a, quite a bit of the free therapy stream. What I'm doing, if you just like these talks and you'd rather not even watch the gameplay, which I realize there's some of you that feel that way. Others of you, like, please play the damn game. And some are like, yeah, let's mix the game totally. What I'm doing is I'm taking recordings like this and putting them straight on my podcast. It's called The Jerry Banfield Show. You can look it up wherever you want to watch, listen to podcasts. Or you can go to my website at jerrybanfield.com. I have links to all of it on there. What I'm doing now is I'm taking, I'm setting the intention that I'll focus on one thing at a time. So if we want to have kind of a therapy talk, often I'll do that towards the beginning of the stream. Just hit record, talk it all out, hit record, upload that to the podcast. And then if you want to listen without having all the gameplay and and let's say you stop watching the stream for a while or you stop using Facebook, you can keep listening to the podcast and kind of keep up with the free therapy that way. Yo, what's up? What is your power source to make the decision not to let someone's attitude affect yours? That is a, a remembrance of who you are that you are immortal soul, you are non-physical, that you, you are not just this body and this brain. Now, right now, you are focused on that. 
the power source is to to know your own self as consciousness and not as just a limited idea of like as to as to know God, your relationship with God or your highest self or your your non-physical self. Like your and I develop that every day through prayer. I develop it every day by reading. I develop it every day by showing up here and talking about it. I develop it every day by going to AA meetings and a conscious setting of priorities. God or higher self or expanded, you know, non-physical consciousness is the number one priority in my life. Because if I've got that. I can draw infinite power from that. And if I don't have that, everything else is going to kind of go downhill in my life. The whole purpose of going to Alcoholics Anonymous is really to connect you back with God or your highest self. Most children that I'm aware of come in with a very strong connection to their soul, their non-physical self, a realization of who you really are. And that's where infinite power is drawn from. Because then you see that before this body existed, I am. And after this body is gone, I am. And there's many others who've taught us this. Like to me, this was the core of the teachings of Jesus of Nazareth. That was what he was trying to say, is that you are God. He said, even the least among you can do all that I've done in greater things. And what helps me is to be around other people who feel the same way. It's that inner knowing that I am able to make any choice within the realm of possibility right this second. I mean, I could do anything from the... Uh, this stream is like the best thing I can think to do. And I could do any of the worst kind of things I could think to do right now. Like I have total freedom to go do anything I want on the deepest level right this moment. And this is what I choose to do. But reading has helped a lot. I've read, I've got a reading list. You can go to jerrybanfield.com, click on books. I publish 14 books on Audible myself that I've narrated. And I have a reading list of over 200 books I've read. And basically what comes out of me is a function of what I've chosen to put in me. And this is all, all the stuff I'm saying and feeling now is a function of what I've read. And when you see that everybody else, what comes out of them is a function of what they've put into themselves, it encourages, for me, the biggest power I have is discipline on what I take in physically and mentally. And that's why when I scroll the Facebook news feed, not all posts are created equal. The only thing I need to know is, will this post make me feel better? Will this post help me feel good or will it help me feel bad? And I don't click on those posts. Uh, this many people got shot today. Scroll past that. I'm like, I realize, I know that there's lots of immortal souls. There's hundreds of thousands of immortal souls, God pieces incarnating every day on this planet. And there's hundreds of thousands disincarnating or dying every single day. I know that. And if I don't know somebody and it's not in my community, I mean, it really doesn't matter how they were born or what hospital they were born at or how they died. The question is, what can I take in that will give me something I want to give out? When I take in food that I think is healthy and nourishes me, my body feels great and I'm easily able to let go of it without any problems. If I take in food that I think is bad for me and is going to make me sick, then I get sick and it's 
it's kind of a pain letting go of it. Same thing mentally. And that's why I do this. So you can, I'm paying what I've taken in forward. I want you, you may not have read, listened to hundreds of hours of Wayne Dyer talks and Eckhart Tolle talks and just the hundreds of other hours, thousands of hours of uplifting stuff that I've listened to. You probably, maybe you have, maybe you haven't. My hope is to get you, if you like how it feels when you listen to me, to help you realize I'm not unique. There's a lot of people that when you listen to them, you will feel better. You'll remember your true power because children are aware of their true power. Isn't it amazing? Like no matter how big an adult is, a child is comfortable. A child who hasn't been abused will be comfortable screaming at the adult, flailing around, putting up a fight against an adult because really the child and I are the same. Just because my body's bigger and I incarnated before they did, their immortal soul is an equal with me. Uh, I have what I have to give because of what I've chosen to take in. And I've chosen to take in what I thought would leave me feeling the best. And the better I feel, the better I have to give to others. I was taking a walk with my dog last night and listening to some dead mouse. Avardia, a rural synapse. What's the other one? Imaginary Friends. These are dead mouse songs and my pet Ciola can't. That's a good one. I was listening to those songs and it's amazing. I was having there's a, a part of your brain called the third eye by some. And this is what allows you to help focus and see regardless of your physical circumstances. David, thanks for the hundred stars, David. Woo! It takes one to know one, David. It takes one to know one. Thank you for the 100 stars. I was walking my dogs last night. I mean, I was having like just transcendental spiritual experiences. Like I was just having, I was thinking of people and putting my energy out to them individually. Like I know a girl that is, is, how do I put this? So she's trying to be sober right now and she's working against all She's, last I checked, she's in like her first week of sobriety and she's working against all the habits and all the you know, momentum of her past choices. And I think of her every day and I, I put my energy out to her. It's like I put out like this angelic kind of, like an angel just like in from my heart to her heart. Like the way I picture it is like right you know, from my heart into the middle of her body and her heart and like throw all that good energy out. And then I do that with a bunch of people in my life, like my mother, my brother. And sometimes I'll put my energy straight into their body. Other times I'll kind of light their whole house and their, their, like their whole place where they live or work. I'll do that. And I just roll through people in my head that I'm, to me, that's a prayer. And I'm not praying that they be different or changed. I'm just sending my love out for them to help fire up the love and energy and the divine within themselves. And then I even got to a place that I'm like, well, if I can do a few people at once individually, I can do all human beings and all life forms on this planet at the same time also. So that was pretty cool. And that, I don't know, there's some of that is like pushing what my mind could process in this brain and everything. And that was, that was a pretty cool experience. Like just, you know, let all energy forms on this planet pass through 
me all at once and lift everybody up on the whole planet. That was pretty cool. And I feel great doing that. I do that because I feel good, not because I'm some saint or I want people to like me. I do that because it feels good. And I think that's, I think other people, and I got a vision of my, it was really cool. I got a vision of my grandmother praying for my father. And that was really cool to see. I'm like, oh, grandma, you did a whole lot of this, didn't you? That was really cool. I got a new vision I'd never seen before. I could very see, clearly see my grandmother like, it, with the same kind of focus praying for my father. And then I could see like those quantum moments where, you know, it looks like some big change is happening, but really, you know, my dad's mother's praying her ass off for him like every single day. And then all of a sudden, you know, that like her burst of energy plus my mother and my brother and I, like all of us collectively kind of help fuel that from within him. That make any sense? Michael Scott Messer, Bill Shanklin, Brian Burgess. I know that we're not alone. I know that we're not alone. I can project my energy if I kind of focus totally on that and kind of let go of this individual body. I can feel my energy, but it's not really my energy. It's their energy. But I mean, I can project in someone else's body. Like I, one of the first times I did this really well, I was often... Feeling grief or sadness can actually make this much more clear. One of the first times I remember doing this, there was a little boy that my friend, because his godson had cancer at like seven years old, and I was watching this movie. Will Smith is called Collateral Beauty. It's amazing how my mind can just pull this stuff. Like, it's, I have such good memory. And so do you if you say you have such good memory. I was praying for this little boy who I've still never met. I've seen pictures of, and I, it just happened. Like, I was praying so hard. I had two, my daughter was like three. So I was thinking, man, that'd suck to have you know, a child with cancer. And I was praying as hard as I could for this little boy. And I just, I prayed harder and harder. And then at one point, it's like, I've, all that my consciousness was focused in an energy body like more of kind of like a white outline energy like not as much physical but in the ethereal body and all of a sudden it was like i was praying so hard it was like all my energy was in this little boy's body and i'm just you know like but really he's not a little boy he's the same kind of energy as me his body that he's created is little and mine's bigger right now but someday his might be bigger than mine so so I prayed so hard, I felt like I was sitting right there with that little boy, like in his same energy field. And that was kind of a surprising experience to me. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, I didn't know I could pray that hard. And now I know I can pray that hard. So I go straight to that. If I pray really hard for somebody, I just feel like I'm almost just drop. My awareness of this body drops a bit. I'm still aware of like it's standing on the ground, but the awareness of it drops a bit and the awareness of something else expands. The X-Savage, what's up? You commented on my stream the other day. I feel it's finished. I just want to let you know that literally has been the highlight of my streaming career to date. That's really kind of you. It's also one of the reasons you're one of my favorite streamers. God bless you, mate. Never change. Thank you very much, The The Savage. 
And it's amazing how when I'm loving myself and on a good wavelength, it seems like that's mostly what I see. I see nice comments here. If there's been a negative comment here, I have not consciously seen it. Lisa says, I didn't know I needed therapy until I came here. I'm so glad I did. Every morning is now my life's reboot. My pleasure, Lisa. And I love being able to really focus on this element. The, I love being able to blend the therapy and the gaming. That's what makes it unique. And I love all this stuff. This is I'm listening to The Vortex right now by Jerry and Esther Hicks. Like, this is what my whole life's about. Like, this, this is who I am. And... No, I just show up to it. I Pew Pew Dave asked me, how do you think all this stuff to talk about in your stream? I'm like, it just comes bursting from my mouth. It's actually, how do I slow myself down from talking and play the game sometimes? Like, this is what I'm taking in and this is what I'm consciously thinking about. So this is what comes out. It takes no effort to share what is already within you. Anthony, uh, my pleasure. Arsalan, nice to see you. Dougie D, what's up? Dougie D says, so ever since I was a kid, I was told you're an old soul and a new body. I think almost all of us are. Although my wife likes to be funny and say, no, you're not. You are a brand new soul. This is clearly your first go around. And that's good, good spiritual humor. Chrissy and Dylan, what's up? You should play some Tony Hawk. Oh, wow, I haven't played Tony Hawk in like 20 years. Maybe I will. Calvin, what's up, Calvin? All right, does anybody else here have anything you'd like for me to talk about or elaborate on? Or are you ready to hop in some of the game? Anybody want a shout out that I've missed while I was enjoying listening to myself talk? And you'll notice the key thing with this live stream is I love listening to all the stuff I say because teaching this is one of the best ways that helps me learn it because after i've said all this stuff on stream i'm thinking about it the rest of the day and every single little thing that happens i've got the stuff i shared in mind in my own actions and behavior ta Paki, what's up nice to see you today aaron Haldecourt, tyrone nipperberry the crazy hillbilly gaming what's up Dougie D says you went on a mushroom trip and had a metaphorical death and came back from pure bliss. At the moment of death, I felt the presence of everyone in the room and slowly started to feel the entirety of the universe and how minuscule I felt compared to the whole thing. But the amount of power we have as people on the universe around us is crazy. That was just a crazy experience. Yes, Dougie D, I welcome that kind of sharing on the stream. I, From what I read, the founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, Bill Wilson, did... LSD as a part of trying to cure his depression and it seems that that's an acceptable part of being sober. I have a friend, she finds that taking a couple of mushroom trips every month is really helpful for her. My message is to when you feel good, when you feel God, when you are praying to, when you're asking what's the best thing I can do to feel good and live my best life, I don't know exactly what that, I don't know at all what that's gonna look like for you. If I'm lucky, I can figure it out just for myself. And some people, Tim Ferriss talks a lot about psychedelics. Some people, psychedelics can seem to help a lot. I got some kind of psychedelic experiences just by drinking a whole lot before. 
Like I had my grand, my dad, my grand, his dad and his dad all haunted me one night when I was drinking. Like their blue faces just came and stared at me while I was drinking. I screamed at them and cussed them out for an hour in a drunken rage. My wife thought I was doing drugs. I'm like, nah, you know, that's just what happens when I drink for 18 hours sometimes, you know, it's just, eh. I got sober pretty soon after that. And I've had, if I couldn't have any other kind of experiences I've had just without anything, then something like psychedelics, I'm glad those are there to like, some people you might not, you might struggle a lot to get any kind of experience. And then if you can have a mushroom trip, like was described by Dougie D, that could almost instantly jump you into, you know, you maybe you couldn't work there just trying to do it without that. That could essentially jump you straight into it. I think it's helpful to go through life with as few crutches as possible. So if you, I look at it, if I absolutely need something and have to have it, I'd like to have as few of those things in my life as possible. I am open if for some reason psychedelics would help me at some point and be a valuable part of like expanding my reality. That doesn't feel like that's the right thing for me today. However, one of the biggest lessons a lot of us are having the opportunity to learn in this incarnation is that we can allow other people to live however they want to. And if if some psychedelics like mushrooms or something can work well for you to get an expanded idea of the universe and consciousness and to to get that kind of viewpoint as a part of your working normal sober consciousness, then that can be really helpful. And that's why we all need our own inner guidance system because what's right for you and what's right for the person next to you and what's right for me on this particular day at this particular time can all vary and i think it's helpful for us to share our experiences honestly and openly with each other because i read your psychedelic experience and i'm like i'm so happy you've had that experience i don't see the need to have that kind of experience for myself personally today however someone else might see that and be like damn i really need that kind of point of view today like that would help me open up and and i've never had an experience and that's why it's all about what feels good, what feels exciting, what feels pat. Where does passion come pouring out of me? I've been playing Magic the Gathering Arena and Mass Effect Andromeda because passion has came pouring out of me for both of those games. I stopped playing Warzone because my inner guidance system said stop. So naturally, I disregarded it as long as I could until the pain got great enough, which I'm sensitive today. The pain doesn't usually have to get that great before I change. Cloud Frank, what's up? Shout out Chicago. We need it. What's up, Ryan Horn? You have a shirt on. I do. Lisa said, Pew Pew Dave interacts with chat. Yes. If you'd like to watch some Warzone gameplay, Pew Pew Dave edited almost all the Warzone videos I put out. He does Warzone live streams now himself. I'd love for you to go follow Pew Pew Dave if you'd like to watch some more Warzone gameplay. Miss you, my father. Tyro Nipperberry says, Majestic 12. Oh, that... I, oh, thank you for reminding me of that, Tyrone. Devon, I'm glad you love the stream and the motivational talks. Well, one strange thing that happened while I was having kind of that, what some might call a psychedelic experience last night, but maybe not as 
it sounds like some of the psychedelic experiences I've heard on things like mushrooms or LSD are like more intense than what I experienced. I like being able to kind of go, go out of body a bit, but stay connected also. So to kind of get a bit of that experience without kind of going, kind of losing track totally of this body. Last night, one of the weird experiences I had walking, or one of the cool experiences I had walking, while I was praying for people and listening to Dead Mouse, and it was like 11 at night, and my mind and third eyes kind of like really open. One of the experiences I had walking was of the Majestic 12, you got me thinking. Somebody in the secret government, I guess, that like that, yeah, the secret government, I guess, is the best way to put it. Like the U.S., from what I've seen, has a whole bunch of like underground stuff and bases and all these secrets and the military actually rules the country in alliance kind of like men in black with the greater galaxy and galactic powers that there's tons of aliens on this planet and the u.s government and lots of world governments are actively collaborating and in communication and maybe in our lifetime that's going to become public when the when our own individual honesty makes that rise up in the collective human consciousness last night i had the experience of being somebody in the secret government walking down i say secret government because they're they're like some kind of military leader but nobody realizes how what you know that they actually make decisions and then call the president up and tell the president hey this is what your policy about this is going to be or maybe not intervening that blatantly directly lots of times but you know still putting on very when it comes down to the things that really matter, they make the decisions. Like a lot of things don't really matter, but about things that really do matter, like who are you? You're gonna make sure this bill gets funded. You're gonna do whatever you can do, to make sure this passes. We're gonna move this money over here and we need this done. So you're gonna do that. Or, and to the point where if the president got out of line enough, they might be assassinated like JFK. Uh, whoever has that kind of power, I some for some reason channeled them walking down a hallway because uh, they have the government has all these really just vast underground complexes, and this guy was complaining about how long the hallways were. And he's saying, "Why are these effing hallways so long? Like all I do is walk down these hallways from, <laughs> like they're just really vast underground hallways and tunnels and." Obviously, some of them are smaller, but some they have bases, you know, and rooms you got to connect from one to another the way they constructed it. So I channeled this guy walking down some hundred yard or so hallway like, God, these complaining about how long these hallways are. And this is some kind of decision maker like that's way above the president. Like this is a person who tells the president what to do on things that are truly important. And tell, has member has Congress fully under their control and cooperation, and enforces that primarily through money and pulling, you know, pulling funding. Like, hey, if you don't do this, you're gonna forget being reelected next term. Things like that, or has agents of violence if necessary. Like, yeah, you're gonna do this, or this is gonna happen. Oh, they got me thinking about that. That was an experience that was kind of unexpected. Like I was walking my dogs and all of a sudden I just kind of get this, 
I feel like I'm the one walking down this really long hallway. My footsteps started to sound different because the, the sound of the... Of, I was walking with tennis shoes out on the concrete in the open. I could kind of hear the loud footfalls of being inside these tunnels under the ground where, you know, they're so enclosed. So that was a cool experience last night. <laughs> Tyron says, no problem. Don't know why I felt the need to say that, but I did. <laughs> I guess I guess that needed to come out today. Good afternoon, Andy, James, Trey, Gavehart. Nice to see you. And a lot of the information I've got externally on things like that, I've I've got watching things like ancient aliens and UFO hunters. And if you're a person that values truth, you'll often be able to spot things that are true regardless of what other people think. Like, some of the things on ancient aliens that people say, I'm like, yeah, that, I don't think that's right. But some of the other things they say, I'm like, wow, that is like brilliant information. It's amazing everybody doesn't know that. Where do you find it? Lisa says, watching you play Warzone shortly before you quit was hard for me to see. It was written all over your face. Today is so different and enjoyable. What's up, Chris? Nice to see you today. Lisa, I appreciate you sharing your experience with that. That's how it felt, too. It felt, the last days of playing Warzone just felt kind of addicted, like trying to get that little high of winning. And on one stream, I won five solo games in like three or four hours. And so I got essentially, if alcohol or drug equivalent, like I got a very effective dose of the high and still wasn't enough. It was enough for that day, but then the next stream, I'm coming back, like, hunting for that high again. And I see a lot of Warzone players, I imagine, are in the same boat. Like, they're hunting for that high of winning. Oh, my God! Oh, my God. Thank you. Oh, my God. Braxton just, with the crazy hillbilly game, and just dropped five thousand stars on facebook can we get a hashtag whatever you feel like you want to put or some flames in the chat thank you very much braxton for the donation of the day good lord thank you let me put that in the top of the chat also thank you braxton i'm absolutely honored and extremely grateful for all of you that are here watching and those of you that feel called or feel like the thing to do is to send some stars, like Braxton, I'm extremely grateful for that as well. That makes this whole thing financially viable. Thank you very much, Braxton. Braxton single-handedly making this stream today financially viable. And while financial viability is not a priority for my live stream, in terms of I don't do it for that, it I am very grateful for the support. I do my live stream for God, health, and relationships. And I'm also grateful I can appreciate the 5,000 stars. Let me put you up at the top. The crazy, ill, Billy gaming. And what helped me to be able to get partner was one of the criteria is the amount of stars you've received. So those of you that have sent all the stars in the last few months, that's what actually one of the big criteria, and you can see the criteria Facebook uses on their dashboard to invite partners. 
All right, let's move this thing over. Beautiful. And again, if any of you really like these inspirational talks, but you start finding you miss the stream and you maybe can't listen to the stream while you're driving or something, I've got a podcast called The Jerry Banfield Show. It already has six or 700 episodes on it. The difficult thing can be to find the most relevant episodes for you. So what I'm doing now is I'm putting these talks, like this part of the live stream where it's kind of just a recordable therapy session, all those good vibes. I'm putting that directly, like taking just this recorded audio clip that I'll end soon, uploading that straight to the podcast so you can listen to it while you're on the go. It's called The Jerry Banfield Show. All my stuff's on jerrybanfield.com, podcast, books, reading list, etc. And then I'm uploading just... I'm taking this and uploading it other places as well. Dougie says, I like being part of the action. Yes, I have. I'm not playing Warzone today. One thing I'm doing instead of saying I'll never play or I'm retired is I'm not playing today. I feel no desire to play Warzone today. So we're. I feel the desire to play some Magic today. So that's what we're going to play. Oreo, what's up, Oreo? Hey, we can start the Magic gameplay now that Oreo's here. Chris says, make sure you have all... Make sure you have all play modes up here. All right, let me check for the all. Oh, they've, I've got traditional standard ranked two. Using, you can do the best of three against somebody instead of just one, which is cool. All right, thank you for reminding me to do that, Chris. I have not done a traditional standard rank. That's where you play three games against the same person, right? Best of three rolls in standard decks, and then you can, all right, cool. Why don't we give the traditional standard rank to try today? And we can go for the best of three against that. Dougie, I like you being part of the action too. Thank you for the fire for Braxton for the crazy hillbilly gaming. Dougie says, I can't play Warzone anymore. The amount of anger is ridiculous and upsetting. And that's one of those law of attraction things. So, Linda, thanks for the follow on Facebook. Oh, 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 thank you. Alright, maybe I'm not ready to play the traditional until I build up a sideboard. I'm not exactly sure how to build a sideboard right now, so I'm not even sure what I would put on my sideboard. Thank you for suggesting that. Alright, so I think we'll kind of end the the therapy, the, the inspirational podcast part of the live stream where I just play a game and if it feels right, I'll kind of stop the gameplay and just talk about whatever's on your minds whatever's on my mind, whatever we need to talk about today. So I'll, I'll end this recording here. I'll upload what all of this on my podcast, and then we'll focus on the gameplay on this stream. And we could do a standard kind of format if you all would like, where you know the first hour or so of the live stream is mostly going to kind of be a talk session like this, and then after that you can expect gameplay, or we can just kind of keep it flexible every day, whatever you all think would be best. I love you all. Thanks for being here for this, and I look forward to the gameplay here.